Hi there, this is Harry. Welcome back to Advanced English Lessons with Harry, where I try to help you to get a better understanding of the English language, to help you with your conversational skills, your business English skills, interview skills, whatever your goals are, we're here to help. And for those of you and your friends or family who want one-to-one -one lessons, well, you know what to do. Just get in touch, www.englishlessonviaskype.com and you can apply for a free trial lesson and we'd be very happy to hear from you and very happy to help you. And in this advanced English lesson, we're looking at mistakes and we've got 20 of the very common of the, the, those mistakes that I see most often in people's written work or indeed when we give lessons. Okay, so 20 common mistakes that people make with the English language. So as always, I'll go through them with you. I'll point out the mistake and I'll also give you an example. Okay, and just for people out there, somebody made a comment that I use the word particular or particularly a lot. And they were wondering how come I'm such a wonderful teacher if I can only use the same word over and over again. So for you out there, if you find in during this particular lesson that I use that word more often than not, then drop me a line. Try and count the number of times that I use it. I'll try to avoid it in this particular lesson. And of course, if you want to use a word instead of particular or particularly, you can use expressly. Okay, so that's uh, uh, another word you could use in, in that sense as well. Okay, so I can give you other synonyms if you wish, but there's one for you expressly instead of particularly. Okay, so let's get on to the most important thing, the content of our lesson today. As I said, it's 20 of the most common speaking mistakes that we come across in the English language. Number one, when people misuse modal verbs, okay? The most frequent mistake here is when they put to after the modal verb. Must to, should to, would to, can to. They don't take to, okay? So it's always must, should, would, could, can, okay? So be very, very careful. So for example, I often see I must to study for the exam when it should be, I must study for the exam, or I should to study for my exam, I should study for my exam. So when you're using a modal verb, make sure you don't follow it with that infinitive to, okay? Now, there are modal verbs that take it, for example, I have to, okay? I need to. So you can use it in some situations, but the most frequently use modal verbs like can, must, should, never, never, never followed with to. Okay, so that's a golden rule. And if you follow that, that'll improve your English quite dramatically. Number two. when Number two, the mistake here is when people are a little bit inconsistent when they use uh, the subject pronoun. Okay, so for example, me and him are going to the party. Now, it's not correct what it should be he and I are going to the party. Always put I second, okay? So my wife and I, my best friend and I, my brother and I, my children and I. So always put the other person, it's more polite to put them first, but it's never me and him, yeah? Okay, are going to the party. It's he and I or she and I are going to the party later. Okay. Number three, when people misuse gerunds, yeah, or gerunds, it can be pronounced in, in both ways. 
the mistake often made is I enjoy to swim in the ocean. The correct format should be I enjoy swimming in the ocean. I enjoy reading books at night. I enjoy cycling in the park. I enjoy running in the mornings. They're all good examples of those ing. Okay, so I enjoy running. I enjoy swimming. I enjoy reading. I enjoy looking at. But it's not I enjoy to read or enjoy to swim, enjoy to cycle. That's a mistake. Number four. And this is the one I always, always remind my students about. Avoid double negatives at all costs in the English language. Avoid using double negatives. For example, I don't have no money. Yeah, I don't have no money. Okay, you might have no money, and I understand that. But it's, I don't have any money. Okay, or I've got no money. But it's not a double negative. I don't have no money. I don't have no time. I haven't got any time. Yeah, so one positive, one negative, one negative, one positive, but never double negatives. Avoid double negatives at all costs in the English language. Number number five. Another mistake that people often use is the misuse of adverbs. And it's very easy to fall into the habit of misusing adverbs. For example, she writes good. What it should be is she writes well. So here people are mis- have mistaken good as an adverb when in fact it's an adjective. And the way to check yourself is that adverbs always go with verbs. They qualify verbs. So for using the adverb well, it must go with a verb. She writes well. She speaks well. Okay, so if you want to use good and it's an adjective and it has to go with a noun. Mm -hmm. So her reading is good. Okay, so reading is, there's a noun, her reading is good. Her writing is good. She writes well, she speaks well. So differentiate adverbs from adjectives. Adverbs qualify the verb and adjectives always qualify the noun. And so if you can remember those rules, again, it will help you a lot when you're preparing and speaking your English. Number six, now about misusing adjectives in this situation, okay? So here we we have to be very careful, particularly with adjectives like unique, okay? So unique is one of those high level or intensive adjectives. So we can't say, I have a very unique car. We can say, I have a really unique car, okay? Or I have a unique car without adding very or really, but you have to be really careful. You can say I have a very interesting car, I have a very smart car, or I have a very new car, that's fine, or I have a really new car or a really smart car. But when we use those intensive adjectives, we have to be careful and there's always confusion between very and really. So yes, you can say a really unique car, but not a very unique car. And if you're in any doubt, just drop really and very and just focus on unique. I have a unique car and everybody will know what you mean. Another mistake we make in number seven here is the misuse of verb tenses. Okay. For example, I have met her yesterday. Now that's a mistake because yesterday is time specific and we can only say I met her yesterday. 
I have met is the present perfect tense and we tend not to be time specific with that. You can say I have met her recently, uh, I have met her a few times or negatively I haven't met her yet but you can't say I have met her yesterday. Correctly it I met her yesterday. So you have to be really really careful and there's a very very thin line between that present perfect I have met and that past simple met but you have to be really really careful when you use it. So if you're talking about time specific like an hour ago, a day ago, yesterday then you really have to use that simple past and if you want to use something that's not time specific then yes you can use the present perfect. I have met her only once, I have met her recently, I haven't met her yet. Number eight, incorrect use of conjunctions. Yeah so this can happen quite a lot. For example the sentence I'll go to the store so I'll buy some bread. What it should be is I will go to the store and buy some bread. I'll go to the store and buy some bread. Now you could change it around a little bit and say I am going to the store so I'll buy some bread. So that's very very good English. I'm going to the store so I'll buy some bread but when you just print the, set it out I'll go to the store so I'll buy some bread. It's not good English, grammatically not correct. I'll go to the store and buy some bread. So there's always ways in which you can correct yourself, change it around to get the right structure, get the right sound so people don't understand really what you're trying to talk about. Okay so that's number eight finished. Now let's get on to number nine where again we can also talk about adjectives when we misuse them. One adjective that is often misused is hard and hardly okay. So they don't mean the same even though they sound the same they have a very different meaning. So we cannot say the test was very hardly okay. What you have to say is the test was very hard meaning it was very difficult. When we use hardly it means almost nothing. I hardly ever see my children these days. I hardly ever go to a restaurant. I hardly ever see the sun during the winter. Okay so hardly means almost never or nothing at all whereas hard is about the degree of difficulty. So the test was very hard, the exam was very hard, his language was very hard so we use it in that context. So be very very careful when you're using hard and hardly as adjectives. Okay so number 10 on our list is about phrasal verbs. Now we've got lots and lots of material about phrasal verbs and you've heard me going on about them from time to time but often they are misused or people are using incorrect phrasal verbs. So let me give you an example of this. It's about put off. So the verb is put and the preposition is off, O-F-F. -F. And some people say I'm putting off my homework. Now phrasal verbs often have more than one meaning. This is a real good example of it. So I'm putting off my homework is incorrect. What you should be saying is I'm putting off doing my homework for a couple of hours or I'm putting off doing my homework until the weekend when I have more time. So putting off doing it and that would be the correct use of the phrasal verb in that context. But of course you can put things off okay. So for example she is putting off her wedding because she hasn't got enough money saved or she's putting off her wedding because she's having doubts or uh, she's having uh, second thoughts about whether she should get married at all. So in this case then we don't need to follow it with doing. So it's all 
important with the phrasal verbs to use them in the correct way. So in the example I gave you, it's not I'm putting off my homework, it's I'm putting off doing my homework. And in the second example, we could say uh, she is putting off her wedding, meaning delaying the wedding by a few months or whatever it might be, okay? And then you can also use it to say, don't be put off by his manner. He's actually really a nice guy when you get to know him. So don't be put off because he sounds a little bit gruff or he sounds a little bit serious. He's really a nice guy when you get to know him. So different ways in which you can use that phrasal verb. So with this phrasal verb and other phrasal verbs, always, always important to make sure you use it correctly, use it with the correct preposition and follow it up with the correct uh, verb or whatever else you, you follow it with, but make sure it is correct because people will look at you strangely. When you use them in the right way, great. It adds to your vocabulary and your expressions, but if you use them incorrectly, it sounds really odd and funny. Nobody will, will correct you and say that's wrong, but they may look at you in a quizzical way. Okay, so that's number 10 on the list. Number 11, now this is a, an area where we often make mistakes when we're using comparative and superlatives, okay? Uh, this is the most happiest day of my life. No, this is the happiest day of my life. Yes, okay? So when we have what we call single syllable adjectives or we have uh, those adjectives ending in Y, usually the comparative is like happy, happier, and then the superlative happiest. We don't use most, yeah, or more. So we can say this is a happier time than I've ever had. This is the happiest time I have ever had, okay? This is a happy day for me. Just use it in its simple format, but we can't say the most happier or more happier or the most happiest, okay? So it is happier than I have remembered. It is the happiest time I have ever had, okay? Now, if you do use longer adjectives, then of course you can use more and most. For example, beautiful. We don't say beautifuler or beautifulest. It's more beautiful than the most beautiful ever, okay? So be very, very careful with your comparatives and superlatives. The longer adjectives, you can use more and most. The shorter adjectives and, and those ending in Y, always, well, not always, there are a couple of exceptions, but mostly you can use them as happy, happier, happiest, long, longer, longest, and all the other ones that go in between. So just check up on your adjectives to make sure you have them right. It's not so difficult to find lists of them. So once you put them into practice, you'll understand where and when you can use your comparatives and your superlatives in a correct way. Number 12, often mistakes are made with prepositions. And these are really tricky, the smallest, shortest words you can think of, but they are often the ones that cause most confusion and where the most mistakes are made. So for example, I'm looking forward to meet you. I'm looking forward to meet you. Here it should be, I'm looking forward to meeting you, okay? So anytime you have a preposition, usually the verb following that will be in its ing format. I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm looking forward to reading the book. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I'm looking forward to greeting you. I'm looking forward to eating that cake. So when you use looking forward 
preposition to, it will always be followed by ing. So don't say, I'm looking forward to meet, I'm looking forward to hear, always looking forward to meeting, looking forward to hearing. Okay, so you've got to be really, really careful with that. And again, number 13, if we go back to our phrasal verbs, let's look at this one. Um, I need to break out my shoes. So if you go to the shop and you buy a new pair of shoes, what usually happens? Well, when you put them on, they might be a little bit tight and you might get a blister or two on the back of your heel, very painful, or on one of your toes. So it takes a little bit of time for you to get used and for your feet to get used to these shoes. So they have to stretch a little bit, okay? So the phrasal verb we use here is to break in the shoes, not break out, okay? So it's not, I need to break out my shoes. I need to break in my shoes means I need to wear them a few times, go on a few walks so that the shoes get used to my feet and my feet get used to this different material or the size or the shape, whatever it might be. So I need to break in my shoes. So again, correct use of the phrasal verb will make sure that people understand you. So if you buy a pair of shoes and you're limping a little bit and your friend asks you what's wrong, you say, oh, I'm breaking out my shoes. They will look at you thinking, hmm, that's a little bit strange. It should be, I am breaking in a new pair of shoes. Number 14, the misuse of verb tenses. Again, something that can happen quite easily, particularly with uh, beginners, but it also happens with people at a more advanced levels, at uh, intermediate or upper intermediate level. Perhaps they don't think about it carefully, so be very, very careful with your verb tenses. I'll give, give you an example. I have lived in Japan for two years ago. Okay, I have lived in Japan for two years ago. Now, you can say, I, I lived in Japan two years ago, but you don't live there now. But if you want to use that present perfect, then it's, I have lived in Japan for two years. So when we're talking about a period of time, we use that preposition for, I have lived in Japan for two years. Or indeed, I have been living in Japan for two years, and you can use that present perfect continuous. But if you want to use the period of time ago, two years ago, then I lived in Japan two years ago, but now I live in Germany. I lived in the UK okay, 10 years ago, but now I live in Ireland. So yes, you can use it that way. But if you're talking about the specific period of time, use that preposition for, I have lived or I have been living here for two years. I have been living here for 10 years. I have been living here for six weeks. Okay, always with four. Number 15. Here is when we get confused with the conditional format of sentences. And this is all about if and will. And the big mistake that people often make is that they put if and will in the same clause. And that's a, a real no-no as far as I'm concerned. If you have two clauses in the sentence, then if will be in one and will will be in the other. And it doesn't matter which one you put first. You can put the if clause first, the will clause second. As long as you don't put if and will in the same clause, then you'll be on the right track. Okay, so let me give you an example of that. If I will have time, I will call you. That's something you hear all the time. If I will have time, I will call you. What the correct version should be is, if I have time, I will call you. If, followed by the simple format, if I have time, and then the, the will clause, I will call you. Or reverse it and say, I will call you 
if I have time, but not if I will have time, okay? Or even when we talk about second conditionals, if, if I would, yeah? So again, will and would, when we're talking about conditional sentences, keep will and would in a separate clause than if. And if you're using other words instead of if, like unless, the same rules apply, okay? Number 16, when we misuse conjunctions, okay? So, I like to swim because it's relaxing. I like to swim because it's relaxing. And it should be, I like to swim as it's relaxing. Yeah, I like to swim as it's relaxing. Now, you will hear because it's relaxing and it might be natural English and nobody will lift an eyebrow when you say it. But if you want to be grammatically correct, I like to swim as it's relaxing. But you will hear people, native English speakers in particular, will say, I like to swim because it's relaxing. Okay, so we've got four to go. And as you remember, if you haven't forgotten, we are looking at common mistakes that people make when they are speaking. And this, if you can improve or correct these type of mistakes, then your English will sound much, much better. So number seven is the overuse of the passive voice. And people do this all the time. I had a student this morning and in two sentences he used the passive and you don't really need to use it. Passive is more often used in written format of, of, of English, okay? So the mistake was made by me. So that's the passive format. The mistake was made by me. It's correct if you made the mistake, the mistake was made by me, but you're more, it's more natural to say, I made the mistake, he made the mistake who made the mistake. So we would use that active way of speaking, not passive. There are times, as I said, when you can use passive, but most of the time we'll see it in reported speech and we'll read about it from journalists and the, you know, that the, the office was opened by the Lord Mayor, the thief was arrested by the police. Okay, so that's what you'll read about in a report on the internet or in a newspaper, if you still buy newspapers. But when you're talking and speaking, more natural to speak in the active format. So, I made the mistake. Who made the mistake? I made the mistake. Okay, number 18. Here again is when we use incorrect subjects and verbs, okay? So, the group of people were arguing. The group of people were arguing. The group of people was arguing because the group is one, yeah? So it's single. So the group of people was arguing. Now, you could say there were several people on the street and they were arguing because they're not a group. They're just individuals, but there were more than one. So there were several people on the street and they were arguing very, very aggressively. But the group of people uh, was arguing, okay? So you've got to be really, really careful when you talk about the subject and the verb to make sure when you've got more than one person, how you address them and how we how you use the, the verb, whether it's in, in the single or in the plural. Number 19, a mistake that is made and it's not so easy to correct because in lots of languages you don't include or don't use articles, but it is a very, very common mistake in English and something you need to focus on, particularly when you're writing English, okay? So this is a, a, a situation when you're writing and you're writing essays or you're doing some exams or even doing uh, something for a job interview to make sure that you've got the articles in the right place. So lots of people drop them, ah, and the. So you've got to make sure you use them when it's appropriate to use them, but equally when it's 
inappropriate or you don't have to use them, then then don't don't include them because again that's that's a second type of mistake. You know, omitting them is one mistake. Including them when they shouldn't be included, well, that's of course is another mistake about the same thing. So, for example, I'm going to store. I'm going to the store. I'm going to university. It's it's not. I'm going to the university. I'm going to university because we don't need it. Okay. I'm going to bed. It's not. I'm going to the bed. So there are times when you use it and times when you don't. And I see all those mistakes in equal measure. So people including when they shouldn't, excluding when they shouldn't. So it's an area of the grammar that you have to really, really focus on to make sure that you have done it correctly. Okay. So just be careful with the use of a. And the, and then finally, when we are misusing adverbs, number twenty. He runs really quick. Okay, it should be he runs really quickly. Okay, he runs really quickly. Why? Because runs is the verb, and we must use an adverb quickly. Okay, he runs really quickly. He runs really quickly. He drives. Quickly, yeah. He cycles quickly again. All of those action verbs: cycle, drive, run, and then they are followed by the adverb quickly, not quick. Okay, so some of these are quite simple mistakes. Some of these are habits that we get into that we have to break. But all of them can be corrected, and if you correct them and look at the list that I've given you there, practice them. Build your own sentences around them to change them a little bit here and there, particularly with things like modal verbs and adjectives and adverbs. Make sure you get the right structure, the right place, the right formation. You'll make your English read much better, but particularly when you're speaking, you will sound much better, and people won't have a strange look on their face. Okay, so. Twenty of the most common mistakes that people make when they're speaking. And if you want to contact me, you can do so on www.englishlessonviaskype.com. Very happy to hear from you. And as I said at the beginning, if there's something you want me to include, then drop me a line. I'll happily include it going forward. And if you've liked this particular lesson, then please like the video. And if you can, also subscribe to the channel because it really, really helps. There's lots and lots of you out there now subscribing to our YouTube channel, and it's really great to see. So this is Harry saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and as always, make sure you join me for the next lesson. <music>